Hey there, and welcome to episode 32 of IoT This Week. I'm your host, Craig Smith. So for this week, we have Raspberry Pi malware, FOSCAM IP camera vulnerabilities, Power Grid malware, Instagram used as command and control, data storage in space, and a whole lot more. So let's get started. All right, so first up today under IoT, we have, of course, a story about botnets. So Perserai has now topped the IP camera, or is at the top, or is the top IP camera botnet. So according to Trend Micro, Perserai now targets over a thousand different IP camera models, and it's taking advantage of universal plug and play and can launch DDoS attacks. So, yeah, we've seen this before. Um, if you've got these behind consumer routers, make sure your consumer router is or has universal plug and play disabled. Um, there's just no good reason to have that enabled. Um, but yeah, IP cameras, um, now they're turning into um, botnets as well. All right, so communications for IoT devices. So we've talked about on the, in past podcast, um, mobile communications like cellular, that sort of thing, um, other different kinds of um, IoT networks. Um, but one of the big ones that's probably future or down the road, one of the big ones that's going to need to be involved is um, satellite communications because many of these devices may be um, located out in remote areas where there's not any um, mobile service or any other kind of wireless service. Um, so it'll basically be up to um, satellites to take care of those communications. So um, satellite operators are developing services and hardware, um, obviously, that can help with IoT communications. Um, and Northern Sky Research, um, they estimate that by 2023, there will be 5.8 million machine-to-machine and IoT connections via satellite. So that's pretty cool. Um, usually satellite communications, it's not particularly fast, um, but there's also latency involved. Um, but giving a lot, given a lot of these devices aren't probably going to be transmitting um, too big of packets of information, um, that'll probably work. And then we've got some malware, like I mentioned before, malware on the Raspberry Pi. So it's called Linux.muldrop.14. And this particular malware, um, once it infects a Raspberry Pi computer, um, they are using it to mine cryptocurrency. I think originally the story said Bitcoin, um, but maybe it's mining something else. Um, trying to mine Bitcoin, unless you've just got millions and millions of uh, Raspberry Pis under your controls, probably not going to do you very much. Um, so it's probably going after one of the other cryptocurrencies um, that doesn't need um, as much processing power as Bitcoin needs right now. Um, but once it infects a Raspberry Pi, it then looks for other computers on the network with port 22 open and tries and spreads it tries and tries to spread itself um so obviously yeah it wants to uh um look for other ways to um spread itself and we mentioned ip cameras just a minute ago um so along those same some same lines f secure has discovered 18 um, different vulnerabilities in ip cameras from foscam 
So one of the issues with Foscam, um, well, besides the vulnerabilities, um, not only do they sell their own branded models, um, and this is something we've seen in research when we pull these devices apart, but a lot of times um, various device manufacturers, they'll use Foscam internals um, for their rebranded hardware. So these vulnerabilities most likely will not only um, affect Foscam branded um, IP cameras, um, but it's likely they'll um, affect some of the other manufacturers um, as well since they use their internals. And then um, this is a little bit of expansion on um, a story we mentioned in a previous podcast where BlackBerry, um, they're developing um, software to help protect um, protected or connected cars. So their real-time operating system, which is called QNX, um, it's going to be enhanced with new software. And um, what's called the QNX Hypervisor 2.0, it um, essentially does what hypervisors do. It virtualizes um, separate operating systems for each component. Um, so for example, um, if it's able to do that, um, it'll separate, say, the infotainment system from maybe other systems in the car, like maybe the auto drive system or whatever, um, so that one compromise in one system, um, hopefully, uh, won't be able to affect another. So that's actually pretty cool um, if they can get this available. And then, um, speaking of cars, um, another car that was recently hacked, the Subaru WRX STI. Um, this was found by an independent researcher. It was found to have eight vulnerabilities. Um, and I think they found it in, and I forget what the um, sync program they use. You know, it's kind of like it's, it's Starlink or something like that. Um, something similar to OnStar for GM, that sort of thing. Um, but I think that was part of the uh, vulnerabilities that the uh, researcher found. All right, so on to InfoSec. So as usual, we have a whole bunch of stories under InfoSec. Um, there's a new OS X spyware program out there called MacSpy. And it's being billed as the most sophisticated Mac spyware ever. Um, so whether that's true or not, I'm not really looking to find out. Um, I'm sure somebody will experiment with it and see how sophisticated it really is. Um, but apparently, according to the author, they created the malware uh, essentially because the um, because Apple products are becoming so popular these days. So. It's not really different what happened um, with Windows. The more popular uh, Microsoft Windows became, obviously the more malware and other viruses and that sort of thing are out there. So definitely if you're a Apple user, um, although a lot of a lot of Apple users think they're like to think they're in vulnerability to um, the things that affect Windows users, users a lot of times, um, the more popular Apple stuff becomes, um, you're going to see more of this stuff out there. And then there's some malware that's that's called, um, well, it's called two names. So one of them is called Indestroyer, uh, which is also known as Crash Override. And apparently this looks like this was the cause of a power grid outage in December, back in December, um, on a Ukrainian, Ukrainian um, electric power grid. Um, so, yeah, we'll see where this goes and see where this particular... Um, malware ends up, um, especially since it's attacking um, infrastructure like power grids and so forth. And then um, I think last week we had a story where we had um, documents being leaked um, through some kind of public repository or public available um, data store. Uh, it looks like an Indian outsourcing business called Tata Consulting Service. 
Um, they apparently decided to upload a bank source code and other internal documents to a public um, GitHub repository. Uh, so yeah, that happened. Um, so a little uh, more information on the WannaCry campaign. Um, it looks like um, French police have seized six Tor relay servers that they think um, might have been used as part of the um, past WannaCry campaign. Um, so we'll see where that goes. And um, PowerPoint. So, a point, so apparently now PowerPoint can be used to distribute malware. And if they're, well, I mean, it, it's been able to use, uh, malware has been distributed through PowerPoint for a while now. But apparently in this case, um, this is a bit of a novel approach. Um, the malware will be downloaded by simply hovering your mouse over a hyperlink that's included as power part of the PowerPoint presentation. So yeah, that's a little scary. Now, not only do we not have to click on stuff, it used to be you'd kind of hover over a link to see, oh, hey, let's see what this link is, um, see what it's showing up as. Oh yeah, I don't want to click on this. But now apparently if you even do that, um, you're at risk of um, downloading malware um, with PowerPoint. And then there is a new attack um, against Twitter accounts called Double Switch, and they're pretty much targeting high-profile accounts um, as part of this attack to help spread um, fake news. And then next up, um, of course, uh, what would a week be without a um, breach or two? Um, GameStop, um, the popular uh, video game uh, rental service. Um, I think you can rent them uh, and purchase as well. They've apparently suffered an extensive credit card breach, and they said the breach affects anyone who placed an online order between August 10th, 2016 and February 9th, 2017. So that's, um, what, five or six months um, where credit card data was apparently being <coughs> um, and leaked. And right now, um, the investigation is still ongoing. They don't really, they haven't actually put out any numbers of how many um, customers may have been affected. But if you place an online order between those dates, August 10th, 2016, and February 9th, 2017, um, definitely keep a lookout um, on your uh, credit card statement if you ordered it uh, via credit card. And then China arrested 22 people who were allegedly um, selling iPhone user data. So obviously, um, almost all Apple products are, to, are um, manufactured overseas in China. And... Apparently there were 22 people over there decided to um, um, take advantage of that fact. Uh, I mean, they also sell lots of iPhones in China as well. Um, but it, I don't remember if the story really said exactly what user data was being sold. Um, but anyway, um, before the arrest happened, um, apparently these 22 people, they sold about $7.36 million worth um, of user data. And then researchers at ESET discovered a backdoor Trojan. Um, and this one is really interesting. So they found a backdoor Trojan um, that uses comments posted to Britney Spears' Instagram account um, to locate the command and control servers um, for whatever malware is looking for their command and control. Um, so that's uh, definitely props out to um, hiding that in Instagram accounts. Uh, comments posted on Instagram accounts. So yeah, that was, although that sucks, uh, it was pretty, that's actually pretty cool. <coughs> Excuse me. And 
there was a story last week I had um, FBI arrested arrested a whistleblower. Um, and apparently, um, at least according to the story I read last week, um, one of the ways they kind of identified the person who did this was because of printouts and dots, yellow dots that are on, basically they're invisible yellow dots that are printed out by printers on um, any printouts that you uh, send to printers. So I think either I knew that or I knew I'd forgotten about it or completely didn't know about it. But either way, um, there's an article um, in there, the link to the article in the um, newsletter on a pretty interesting story on why they add these um, visible tracking dots to printouts. Um, but yeah, definitely have a look at that um, if you didn't know that printers actually did that. And then last but not least, under InfoSec, um, a variation of Eternal Blue. Um, so Eternal Blue has been ported. Um, some researchers um, at risk since have ported um, Eternal Blue to Windows 10 as part of a proof of concept. Um, they say they're most likely, likely will never release this, but my guess is they're using it um, for their own testing purposes, um, probably for selling some kind of service. Um, but yeah, that's uh, hopefully that's something that doesn't make it out because that'll be really scary if that ends up um, starts to uh, affect Windows 10. And then on to the uh, tech part. So a click fraud farm was busted in Thailand, and apparently the um, the farm had more than 500 cell phones and 350,000 SIM cards um, that were seized as part of this bust. So if you don't know what a click fraud farm is, um, it's essentially they use cell phones and various SIM cards to um, pretty much make it look like different users are clicking on different things. Um, so if you have some kind of application that you're, that you're selling, you want to be like, um, actually this was on a, actually this was on an episode of Silicon Valley. If you happen to watch Silicon Valley, um, but they were selling their, wanted to sell their application based on, Hey, we have this many number of users and whatever. Um, so basically some of these click fraud things can make it look like an application actually has more users, um, signed up for it, um, than it actually does. And then the. Um, this was pretty interesting. Um, the number of electric cars on the road worldwide has reached or did reach 2 million in 2016. So it's obviously at this point, um, it's more than that. Um, and this was according to the International Energy Agency. Um, my guess is um, it'll be up quite a bit this year because I think, um, well, I know GM's going to be releasing um, their Bolt electric vehicle. Um, Tesla's probably going to be coming out with more of their stuff in the Model 3 soon. Um, so yeah, definitely, I think it's just going to be going up. And then, this was actually really cool. Um, whether they'll actually get this to work or not, um, we'll see. Um, but there's a group called Asgardia, um, and they plan to launch a satellite um, that has data storage on board. And so what they're attempting to do is um, upload data to the satellite and pretty much put it out of reach of um, laws that we have on Earth in regards to data. So whether that'll actually work or not, 
Um, so if they can put data up there and all of a sudden the U.S. government comes, hey, we want your data. Oh, sorry, you can't because it's up on the satellite. Whether they'll be able to get away with that or not, I don't know. Some reason I think there's probably some kind of, um, I don't know if there's laws or something somewhere that um, covers like the airspace above a country all the way into space and satellites. I don't know. I don't know if it does or not, but it seems like it might be something that would. Um, and then, of course, Apple had lots of announcements last week. Um, one of the big ones they um, announced was the Apple HomePod. And they're obviously putting that out there to compete with uh, the Amazon Amazon devices and the Google Home device. Um, and there's a link in the uh, newsletter, IoT This Week newsletter, um, where um, an article did a compare, Tech Radar did a pretty cool comparison between the um, three different devices, um, those from Apple, Amazon, and Google. And then a creator of a Bitcoin mining scheme. Um, so these things are popping up even more than they used to. Um, Bitcoin, I think the last I saw um, yesterday was like about $3,000 of Bitcoin. So these schemes are going to start popping up. Um, but basically what it ended up being was a Ponzi scheme. And the person creating this, um, they face a $12 million fine for um, running this scheme. And then Microsoft, um, they're going to be releasing um, a Windows version of Windows that will run on ARM processors. Um, and the cool thing about this, they tried to do this in the past, I think, with Windows RT, um, but it didn't include um, x86 emulators for running 32-bit um, x86 applications on there. So this is a different twist. Um, they want to make this more... Um, more usable, obviously. So that's why they want to put these, um, put the x86 emulator on there for running 32-bit apps. But of course, um, as anything today in tech, it seems like um, as soon as they started doing that, now Intel is rattling the whole um, patent lawsuits and um, the patents involved with x86 emulation. Uh, you know, it's a big patent minefield and that sort of thing. Uh, what Intel's worried about is that if um, Windows can put um, this on laptops that are running ARM processors and the laptops can still run 32-bit applications um, that it'll hurt um, sales of lap or, uh, sales of Intel processors um, to laptop makers. So, so again, instead of trying to compete, um, it looks like Intel, if Microsoft does this, and they probably will, Intel will start throwing lawsuits at them, um, which is just sad because, you know, the whole theory behind patents is that it's supposed to help innovation when really it doesn't. Um, and then a few things under the miscellaneous category. Um, Deep Learning 10, which is basically, it's just a big giant um, chassis with eight NVIDIA GTX 1080 Ti GPUs installed in it. Um, so they're using that for all different kinds of things. Um, I just thought it was pretty cool because it's just got this huge beast of a chassis with um, eight big old video cards in it. Um, and then there was an interesting story on scam, something called scam baiters. Um, I had barely really seen this. I mean, I guess it makes sense after I read the article. Um, I guess there's people out there that are doing that. Um, but basically, these guys, they're scam baiters. They're called scam baiters, and they essentially try to con the con artist. Um, so if you get emails that are scams, um, you know, asking for money, that sort of thing, um, they'll essentially try to try to interact with these people um and then try to like scam them um 
So yeah, pretty cool. Um, then Xbox, the Xbox One X. I don't know if that's what it's going to eventually or will be called when it's eventually released, but it's the next version of Xbox One, um, which I'm actually looking forward to. Um, there was a story on that talking about a few of the things, the specs on it and so forth, um, but it's going to include 4K HDR gaming. Um, it has an 8-core AMD CPU, and it's going to have 9 gigs of memory on it. So that's going to be pretty beefy for a... Um, console machine so anyway look forward to that looking forward to that when it comes out all right so that was the podcast for for this week um just a quick one um as always if there's comments um questions you can reach me at craig z28 on twitter email podcast at iot this week.com um again if you don't have time to listen to podcasts you can always sign up for the um, IoT news, IoT this week newsletter, um, which will for sure be out each week um, in the coming couple of weeks uh, or coming coming months. Actually, um, there'll probably be one or two podcasts that get missed, um, but the newsletter will always be out there. All right, that's it for this week, guys. Um, talk to you next week and have a great day. Thanks.